God's good. Amen. Yes. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Yes. The one in um, Beristagi, they brought out a great big box and you couldn't see me. So I, hello. <laughs> it was great fun. We had great fun, great times up there. See, saw God move amazing. People were surprised. You could see the surprise on people's faces that God would actually do what they had asked in their life. It was amazing. So who believes they need to break out in their life? Yes. Convincing. All right, David McCracken's just been here. Who heard David McCracken speaking? Oh, that was awesome. I love sitting there, um, coming back from overseas and coming under what he was talking about. He talked about standing up and um, arising at personally so that as a whole church, we would start to stand up. And then we had John Wandera come in and he spoke on the hidden potential, what's inside of you but you can't see it. So that's something I want to pick up tonight. And um, we're going to get into the Word of God in a little bit. But first, I want you to look at yourself and think, what is it within me? That, what is it that God's placed in me? What is it that God's placed in me? Because, you know, you can look at yourself and think, well, I don't see anything good in me. Or you can look at someone else and think, oh, I don't, definitely don't see anything good in them. Or you can look at your circumstance and think, I don't see anything good in that. You know what? It's because it's hidden. And you have to find it. That's why you don't see it. It's not because it's not there. It's because it's hidden. So look at yourself again and think, well, I can't see it. But God said, He's placed it in my life. Destiny is in my heart. The plans and the purposes of my life, he, he put it all out. He ordained it before me and my mum and my dad got together. It was already planned. It was already there. So potential is hidden. So your responsibility, like Pastor John said, was scratch it out, dig it out, excavate and find it. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And what is it that covers over our potential so that we can't see it? Because as you start to identify what is it that covers over, you can get it by the neck and shift it off so you can start to release the potential that's in your life. We spoke one time, I spoke one time in one of the churches about the lame man and how he sat just outside where God was working begging for money or the overflow of someone else's life so that they felt like they had something going on rather than drawing something out of his own life, standing up and walking in the plans and purposes of God. So that's something I want to speak about tonight. I want you to turn with me to Mark, oh sorry, Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. And one thing I noticed when I came back from Indonesia, personally, so I know that it affects our culture here in Hawke's Bay, two things. Number one, shame. It robs you. It makes you think, I'm no good. I'm no good. I'm no good. My future's no good. My past is no good. Why care? I give up. Has anyone ever heard someone talk like that around them? I have. Another thing is fear, and fear limits us. But tonight I just want to hit on shame because you take things down one by one. Um, if you're in the ring, we often have fight nights at youth and we do the Royal Rumble, which is add on one by one by one. But it's best to fight one on one because then you know you've got more of a chance to really smack down and deal to it rather than take on five things at once. 
So the first thing I want to look at tonight is how shame can rob us, blind us, and um, cover over our potential in our life. I know because I'm speaking from my own life, so I'm speaking into my future tonight. So I'm having a great time. All right, so Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. This is a story about Jesus at church. There's heaps of stories about Jesus at church. So you can see the place to be is church because I want to be like Jesus. So, yeah, <laughs> he'll, you know. So Jesus was at church. Luke chapter 13. I just have to find it myself. Luke 13, 13, 13. Luke 13, verses 10 to 17. This is what we did in Indonesia. We got everybody to read it all out loud together because then I knew that we're in the right place, going through the right thing at the right time. So let's read out together Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. You can be as loud as you like tonight, honestly, okay? Here we go. Three, two, one. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus is here on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days which men ought to, be, which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. And so on and so forth. Went all the way through to 16, 15, 16, 17. But the verses I want to focus on, 10, 12, and 13. There's a whole lot that happens in those few verses. It's absolutely amazing. And um, I can't wait to share it with you. So it says in verse 11, behold a woman. Now it talks about behold a woman. I believe that it says take notice of this woman because she finds something. Something happens in this woman's life that you can use as a key. That's why it said behold a woman. Notice, notice, hello, read it. That's, that's what the Bible is saying to me. Behold a woman. And I notice what's happening here. There's a woman. Okay. All right. What's happening here? And she was bent over. Now imagine if you came to church. It says for 18 years. 18 years. Who here is 18? One, two, three, lots. Okay. 18 years. So for all of your life, you had lived bent over like this. And it says she could in no way raise herself up. So she'll be going like this. Hey, like, yeah. praise the Lord, oh my soul, praise the Lord. And, but the thing was, she'd been like that for 18 years and she'd got really used to it, really used to it, so that she was known as the woman that was bent over, like she was used to it. And everyone else around her was used to her being in that way, bent over, bowed down with a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. By spirit of infirmity. That is a long time. She would start to have cramp. She would have um, all sorts of weird things going on in her bone structure because the muscle would cramp up, pull everything out of shape. She'd be one funny looking lady. But she came to church. So that says there's people in church that can be bent over with a spirit of infirmity. So that's speaking to people that go to church. So that's speaking to us today. So it's not the somebody out on the street who doesn't know Jesus. This is a woman who went to church, and she had a spirit that had bent her over. 
and we went into a whole lot of stuff with that, but I just want to stick to the one topic today about shame and how that affects you in your life. So if you say, yes, God, I want to walk with you. God, I want all that you have for me. I want to go with you wherever you call me. And yet there's shame in your life. And that would mean that you start to become bent over. What would that be like for you? If shame causes you to bend over, you would walk, bow down. There'd be a heaviness upon your life. It's like, oh, the future. That kind of a bent over and heaviness. Outside, physically... You might look fine, but on the inside, shame may have caused you to bend over and give up hope for the future. Because if you're bent over like this, you really can't see where you're going. It's like, if I was driving like this, it would be dangerous. If I was walking like this, I really couldn't. So you cannot walk strong. You cannot walk. You've got no vision. So shame will rob you of vision. Shame will cause you to bend over. You can't see where you're going. You, you just can't. All you can see is the ground. And who knows, that's when people are depressed, they go like this. So there's a heaviness that can come over your life and rob you of achieving or walking into the life and the potential in Jesus Christ. Because it says in John 10.10, the thief comes to rob, steal, and kill. So you know the plan of God is for life. It says Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance. So obviously there's a work of the devil robbing and stealing in your life, robbing you of your potential. Because if your potential is realized and you start to walk in it, you become a threat to the enemy. Imagine this. Imagine if when you were born, kind of like um, the Manchurian candidate, imagine if when you were born, you had a ticking time bomb inside of you and that was your potential. That was your destiny inside of you, but it was never wired up. And um, the enemy knew that you had the potential to cause great havoc in the world around you. But the wires are never really connected up. So he'll do everything he can to keep you from becoming a threat and becoming an explosion in the Holy Ghost in your world. So imagine right now, inside of your life, you have a ticking or not yet ticking bomb, maybe ticking bomb, something that's going to go off and that's your potential and that's something God's placed in your life to give you something to imagine. There's something in your life and it's dangerous and the devil doesn't want you to know because you can wreak great havoc. That means you can really do damage on his plans because he's got a plan, but also God has got a plan and God's plan involves you bringing life to others. So have a look at this woman. She was bent over. Her eyes were down. She was heavy. Um, she was disconnected. It's very hard to relate with people when you're like this because you connect with people with your eyes or, you know, face to face. So she was unable. She had relational issues. She was unable to connect. So if you have relational issues, if you're unable to connect with people or even unable to connect with God, if you have problems with that, then you're unable to um, Walk into your destiny, unable to realize your potential. So I tell you what, Bay City is a great place to really get your relational stuff sorted out, to get your relationship with Jesus plugged in and on fire, because that's number one to walking in your destiny, what you're born for. And we talked about that at youth on Friday, made for a mission. You're born for a purpose. There is a reason you're alive. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? She would also be bent over in a crowd. Say we looked out at a crowd of people standing. She was bent over. It means you couldn't see her. 
See, shame keeps people hidden. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather be over here at the back of the crowd. Don't pick me. I'm out here. You, you hide yourself. You may see someone physically, but on the inside, they've disappeared. And that's shame working in your life. It robs you from being the whole person that can have affect, connect, and um, bring the life of Jesus to other people. So it's for you, but it's also beyond yourself. It's for the person next to you at school. It's for you, but it's also for your family, the life of Jesus. We did that with the 13-year-olds um, um, last Sunday morning. What is the gospel? It's the power of Jesus Christ to transform your life. It's the power of Jesus to bring a life where there was death. It's the power of Jesus Christ. See, that is inside of you. Imagine what you could do with your life. Just look at your family. Just look at your school friends. Just look at your workmates. They need Jesus. You have him. You have him. So she would, be, she would hide herself. She would make herself small. Oh, I'm nothing. That's something. I'm nothing. I'll just, I'll just, be, a, I'll just be a nothing because that's what I am. Because shame talks to you. Shame will say, you're no good. You're no good. You're no good. You're nothing. You're small. You're nothing. So if that's going on all the time, what are you going to do to become a person of faith that steps in with strength into the things of God? What can you practically do? What can you do to become a person that walks in the plans and purposes of God? And behold, there was a woman. Let's have a look and see what she does. See what happens in her life. For 18 years, she was known as a woman bent over, bound by shame, by spirit. For 18 years, that's a long time, really long time. You might start to think, I've always been this way. I've always felt this way. It's just me. You know, that kind of thing. So have a think in your own life. What is it that limits you? Holy Ghost, show us. What is it in my life that limits me from becoming all that Jesus created me for? And you know what? You become used to it. You feel like, oh, it's just me. But actually, I tell you what, it's not you. It is not who you are. And it's been lying to you for maybe 18 years or more and limiting you from becoming a person of destiny and effect in your world. So I want to challenge you tonight to ask the Holy Ghost, what is it that covers my life that stops me from walking in the plans and purposes of God? You know what? It'll feel comfortable. It'll feel comfortable. It'll feel something like, I've always, it's always been there. This is just how I am. It's been in my generations for many years. Hmm, interesting. My parents are like this. You know, my brothers were like this. Or I've always been like this. But I tell you what, you don't have to be like that. Whatever it is that limits you, if it's shame, you don't have to allow it to live in your life. It doesn't need to stay there. Please don't let it stay there. I want to pray for people tonight at the end, and I want to see um, those things shifted out of your life that rob you from walking all that, in all that God calls you to. So for 18 years, all her life maybe, she may have felt that way, identified, lived in it. This is who I am. It's my identity. I'm just, just this. Accepted it, lived in it. People knew her as that. They called her that, the bent over woman. Maybe she didn't have a name. Maybe in church they called her the bent over woman. She's helping in the calf tonight. Maybe she was on a roster like that. I don't know. But it shows that you can build your identity in the wrong places. Yeah? So that's a scenario. So there she was at church. 18 years, faithful, loved God, honest, served, tithed, all these things. Her heart was there with the family. 
But yet she was bent over in a position, burdened down, robbed of life. And see what happens. See what happens here. In verse 12, something happens. Something happens. There she was in her world. Maybe she realized it. Maybe she didn't. She was locked in in this situation. There she was in her world. In the ordinary, in the ordinary world, same place. She's always been struggled with the same things, same problems. There she was, always the same at church on Sunday. And then something happened. That was her world just revolving, just revolving, maybe just surviving, just maintaining. And then something happened. Something happened. And it says here, but when Jesus saw her, but when Jesus saw her, so that means lots of people saw her, but when Jesus saw her, it meant something else. And I imagine that all of heaven would be like, oh, there goes Jesus. Well, let's see what he's going to do today. Oh, he's got that look in his eye. He's got the look. Moses, come quick. Jesus has got that look in his eyes. He's just looked at a woman. In a good way. Jesus, I'm sorry. Whatever. Yeah, get me after this. But, um, but Jesus saw her. Jesus saw her, looked at her, had a look in his eye that said, no longer is this daughter going to live in suffering, going to live limited by shame that would bend her over, rob her of future, rob her of vision, rob her in her relationship, rob her in identity, rob her of life. He said, in his heart, I'm no longer going to allow this to remain around her life. Because look what he did. He did something different than what everyone else had been doing. He called her to him. So these are keys. Take note. These are keys for you to shift out of where you've been locked in into destiny. Jesus called her to him and spoke to her. So number one, Jesus calls you. We know that everybody has a call of God upon their life. You are called to something. Whether you agree with that or not, you are called to plans and purposes in God. You are called to that. I say that's not. You are called. You may not agree with it. But that's one of the first keys. Agree with the word of God. It releases power in your life. Faith released a miracle in this woman's life. So first, Jesus calls your life. Jesus calls you by name. What do you agree with? Do you agree with shame? I'm nothing. I don't go anywhere. I don't see anything. Or do you agree with the call of God upon your life that you are somebody, you have got something, and you are going somewhere? Because he said, Jeremiah 29, 11, future with hope. He's promised to us, future with hope. That means you can see into the future and you have hope for it because that's his promise to you. If you don't have that tonight, you need to agree with the word of God. You need to bring that into your life. So number one, he called her to him. She had a choice. You have a choice. Will you respond to the call of God upon your life? Will you respond to him? Or would you sit back and allow shame to keep you hidden Shame to speak to you and say, I am nothing. I am nothing much. Because the choice that she had meant that she had to stand out, become vulnerable, be exposed, be seen by the rest of the church. They will see her true condition. So number two, 
Be honest with God about your true condition. When you come to him, when you respond to him, be honest about your true condition. God, I've allowed this around my life. God, I am sorry for agreeing with lies. God, I change and I turn. I no longer will I agree with lies. No longer will I agree with shame. But God, I choose to agree with your word because your word has great effect in my life because I believe it. It says that the word of God has great effect in the lives of those who believe it, mix it, merge with it, bring it into their life. It has great effect. So there's a key in your life, to move into destiny, to share our choice, to respond to his call, to step forward, to step forward. Faith is hearing and doing. So that's for us today. What is God speaking to you about? What has God been speaking to the church about? What is God speaking to you personally about? What do you need to stand up in? What do you need to step forward in? What is God calling you to? What has God been speaking to you? So his word came and it came with power. He said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. So what does he say to you tonight? Will you position yourself upon the word of God and allow it to work in you. And another thing, he laid hands upon her. The hand of God came upon her life because he connects with us individually. He's not distant, afar off, just sending a text every now and again to you. Oh, hi, Merry Christmas. But he's very much an intimate savior. He's very much wanting to be involved in your life, walk with you, share with you, bring life to you. He's not distant from you. Whatever it is that you're facing, he's like, son, daughter, I am with you in this. This is what I've got for you. This is what I have for you to work this through. I supply all of heaven. All the resources of heaven are here for you. Not distant and far off. He's very much involved. He touches our life. We saw many people touched by the life of Jesus Christ himself and saw the freedom and the healing come into their life. So the hand of God came upon her life. He always speaks and he always touches us. He's not distant. So he laid his hands on her, verse 13. So she'd stood up. She'd responded to the word of God. Moved in faith, responded to him. He spoke a word to her, woman, you were loose from your infirmity. What it was that had crippled and bent her over so that she was robbed. And he laid his hand on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So you can see there's a shift in her life that brought strength, that brought a steadfastness, that brought vision, because now she could relate. So there was healing in her life. He brought vision into her life. She could see for the future. She had promise for her life where she would have had hopelessness. So for us today, if there's hopelessness, if you respond to the call of God, if you allow him to speak into your life and you respond to him. The hand of God comes upon your life and brings life and it brings freedom and it brings healing. It's that simple. It's not hard. You don't have to impress him. You just have to respond to him because he's always faithful to us. So she did what she could and then he did what he could 
And that's a good mix. That's a good match because my God, he does the impossible. So you might say in your life, personally, God, I'm such a mess. It's impossible. Or my family, it's a mess or whatever. It's impossible. Tell you what, that means God's, that's God's business because he does the impossible. God does the impossible. So you do what you can and he does what he can, which is the impossible. So it's a good match. I mean, you can't lose either way. All you have to do is allow the word of God to come, to respond, stand up and step forward, respond to him. And then he does, because faith released a miracle in this woman's life. And it said she stood up, she was made straight and glorified God. So God was made famous in her life. And I know each person here, you want God to be made famous in your life. So what is it that limits you? What is it that causes you to be um, bent over? If it's shame, then I know the power of God is here tonight to set you free. If it's fear that limits you from stepping out into what God speaks to you to do, then tonight the power of God is to set you free. But also you need to stand up. You need to step forward in your life, not just here on a Sunday, but at school, in your families, in your workplace. Choose to respond to what God says to you and step forward because you will see the hand of God come upon your life and you will no longer remain limited, no longer remain bound by any spirit that will try and lock you down and um, hold you back from becoming all that God's placed in your life and from all that God's placed in your life to become. See, it's very real, but it's very simple. It's a choice. This woman, it said, behold a certain woman, This woman made a choice. You can also make a choice to remain limited by shame and fear. Say, I'm God, why would you want to use me? God, I'm not so not the one that you want. You know, I'll just stand at the back and look, you know, look happy or sad, whatever it is that you do. But God says to you tonight, son, daughter, I call you by name to step forward into the plans and the purposes that I created for you, custom designed. For you. So destiny is in our heart. We have it inside of us. What is it that holds you back from responding to Jesus Christ, his call upon your life? Because there's no limits in God. There's no limits in God. There's no limits in God. What if what if you started to dream tonight? God, I want to God, I want to be someone that preaches to thousands or God, I want to be a teacher in a school. And God, when my students come in, they encounter Jesus and they don't know what it is. And maybe in your workplace, what is it that you dream for? Because you know what? It is possible for freedom in your own life, for an outbreak of the Holy Ghost in the school. People are running screaming because there's a classroom on fire, but actually it's just the fire of the Holy Ghost. What is it that you're dreaming about? Are you dreaming? Are you allowing the Holy Ghost to bring, um, bring to birth the things that he's placed in your life? Right now. Right now. So she made a choice. She responded to the call of God. She stood up. She stepped forward. She said, I'm not going to remain limited. I'm not going to stay back here. I'm going to walk with my Jesus. I am going for all that God calls me to. You know what? She wasn't healed until she stepped forward. She wasn't set free 
until she stepped forward. So you can't wait until you feel better to step forward. You can't wait till you feel all that before you step forward. You step forward first. You step forward first. What is it that God is calling you to? I want to challenge you tonight to step forward. As young people, I challenge you. What is it that God's speaking to you? Step into it. Don't allow shame and fear to limit. Young adults, what is it that God's calling you to? What is it that God's speaking into you as a generation of young adults that has influenced their community? Business people, what is it that God is calling you to, speaking into you? What is it? Will you remain limited or will you step into what God calls you to and allow the power of God to come upon your life and see God made famous through you? Because it is so possible. Because that's what God does. All it needs is for you to step forward.